Go ahead and turn to Galatians. We're just going to get into the word here. So the focus has and will continue to be the gospel. Um, I may veer off here and there every once in a while, but my heart right now and my focus and truly just what I feel like the Lord is leading me to do is just dig into the gospel. You know, we've all, we were all saved by the gospel, every one of us here. You know, and there'll come a point where we dig into that, you know, the crucif- his birth, crucifixion, resurrection, all that kind of stuff. But right now I've kind of just been focusing on Paul and his letters and what he has to say about it for us. Because my goal here, so my... My thought process is, as disciples, we should be able to disciple. That, not just me, not just a pastor, not just a teacher. I believe every one of us, as disciples, have the ability, or should have the ability, to disciple others. Because I'm not in everybody's circles, I'm not you know, involved with all of your families to the extent that you guys are. You, you know people. You, you have opportunities that I don't have. I have opportunities that you don't have. But as disciples, we should be able to disciple. And so my goal is in all these teachings and, you know, when we get together here is to encourage you, to build you up, to know what's available to us, So when we go out and when we have those opportunities with other people, other groups, whatever it is, there's something in us that can be shared. Like, and honestly, think about your testimony, right? Think about your testimony. Meditate on your testimony. Let your testimony be something that can be shared. Because our personal testimonies are extremely powerful. And I don't care if you've just been a Christian your whole life. You've gone after God your whole life. You don't have some horrible story to tell. That's an amazing testimony. If you've come out of addiction, if you've come out of this, if you've risen up out of crisis, raised you up out of whatever it is, it's a testimony and it can reach somebody. So, because we're going to be doing it. I believe... As a congregation, we're going to be doing it, not just in here, but out there. I don't know exactly how it looks yet. I have ideas, but I want us to start preparing our hearts for what's out there. I think what's in here is great. What's in here is good. You know, we meet every week to encourage ourselves to grow, but then it's to take it out there. It's not just a once a week thing. And so with that, I want us as a congregation to be praying. Lord, where do I fit in this? What, show me your heart. Show me those who need to be reached. Show me the ways to reach people. Because not everybody's a door-to-door salesman. All right? Nor does it, is that the only way to do things, right? Like, God can put ideas in our hearts. God can put things in our hearts that can truly be effective, that can be effective. It may not 
be the normal thing. It may not be going door to door. It may not be standing on the sidewalk. It could be something else. And maybe for you, that's it. God bless you. That's not my strong suit. But maybe that's it. But I, I want us to start preparing our hearts to receive for what's out there. What's out there. All these small towns, all these unincorporated towns and townships and that we can be effective in. That we can, with obviously the help of the Holy Spirit, and that we can change. The gospel is for everybody, not just us on Sunday mornings. The gospel is for everybody. So in my teachings here, my hope is to encourage, to help us grow, to help myself grow. When these opportunities come, there's something inside of us that says share. Now's the time. Affect that situation, whatever that may be, physically, spiritually. Affect that situation that we're so in tune with the Holy Spirit that we're walking out the way it should be. Him leading, him guiding, and us being his vessel, right? Us being the tool, us being the mouth, the mouthpiece for God. So, Galatians 5, verse 1. For those of you that just came in, we're switching things up a little bit today. Nothing. Just, you know, we're just switching things up a little bit. It's going to be great. But I want to have time for prayer at the end. Just corporate prayer, prayer for each other. So as you're going through, you know, if the Lord's laying somebody on your heart, when we get there, pray. All right? So, Galatians 5, verse 1. It says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It was for freedom, because without Christ, we were in bondage. The world wants to sell you something different. The world wants you to think, Oh, you submitting to something like that, you're just putting yourself under bondage. You're, you're the one that's enslaved because you can't do anything outside of what your God tells you to do. I'm free to do anything. I can do anything I want. Yet, when I lived that lifestyle, my life was a mess. My life was struggle. My life, there was nothing good in it. It's funny what will let influence us, and it's funny how something sometimes can be so obvious, like all I had to do was look at the fruit of my life and say, wow, I don't know that this freedom is worth it, right? And so it was for freedom. It was because he loved us so much that he came to die for each and every one of us. He loved us so much that he wanted us to walk free in relationship with him. Free in the spirit of God. Because that's what we were lacking before. We were lacking the spirit of God. Gentiles and Jews alike. Now, there was times where the Holy Spirit fell on individuals in the Jewish community. But 
It wasn't for everybody. We have it now. We have it now. It's available to everybody now because of Jesus, because of what he did. And that's good news. The whole point here is when I go out there, I got something to share. You think you're free? I'll show you freedom. I'll show you the love of God. I'll show you the grace and mercy of God that frees you to not just walk in the flesh, not just walk by feelings that typically trip us up and lead us astray, but walk by the spirit of the living God who can change us, who can lead us, who can direct us. It seems counterproductive. Well, I have to submit myself to somebody to walk in freedom. Doesn't always make sense up here. But we have to put it in perspective. Regardless of whether you're walking with God or walking in the flesh and walking with the devil per se, a life without God or a life with God. A life without God, you're still serving somebody. You're still serving something. You don't get to get away from it. There is no I'm free. But there is, in Christ Jesus, I am free to walk out a life that he's prepared for me, that is full of blessing, that is full of grace, that is full of love, that is full of mercy. And when I continue to walk in that freedom that he offers me in the spirit, my flesh will align And automatically, you're going to look different, you're going to be different, you're going to sound different, and that different is going to draw somebody to you. And that different is what makes us available to to minister into other people's lives, to affect other people's lives. I said it before, I had buddies that knew me for years and years and years and had no idea I even went to church. I didn't look different. My life was not different. There was nothing in me that showed the love of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, which makes me wonder, well, what was coming out of my mouth? Because we talked a lot. We talked for years. And nothing I said Nothing I did made these guys pause and go, hmm, there's something different about him. It's sad, especially for a guy who's been a Christian his whole life. Now I had my moments where I fell away and I was on my way back and the Lord was doing good things in my life. But I don't try to meditate on it too long, but man, What the heck? Known somebody for years, and they had no idea. No idea who I served. No idea, right? Because I didn't look any different. I didn't act any different. Nothing that came out of my mouth was different from what they were walking through or going through or dealing with. How can I help somebody if they don't know? Right? 
how can I truly be effective in somebody's life if they don't know I'm somebody they can come to for help? And that's where God comes in. That's where the gospel comes in. That's where knowing who we are and walking in relationship is so important. Because Jesus' ministry was freedom, and I'll say deliverance, right? He freed people. <clears throat> he freed people from sickness, excuse me, <clears throat> and disease. He delivered people from bondage, from demons. Whatever it was, what he did, everything he did, he was delivering somebody, bringing them into freedom, showing them that your sins are forgiven. Go, I mean, and it, I mean, the Pharisees, and like, it just blew, their, it blew them up. How could this guy possibly do this? But they totally missed the fruit of his actions. They got so caught up in who does this man think he is that they totally missed what he was doing. It's because of Jesus that we are where we are today. Correct? Amen. It's because of Jesus I'm experiencing good things in my life. It's because of Jesus that I'm experiencing direction and that I'm being led and that all these things are happening in my life. It's because of Jesus and I'm wrong to keep it for myself. It's, it's wrong. It's not the attitude, the heart attitude of God. It was because of freedom he set us free. Doesn't he want other people to be free? Right? If I'm the only one here and I'm set free, hallelujah. Praise you, God. But there's others. There's others. That's why I'm praying for an awakening in people's hearts in this area that there's something else. There has to be something else because this is terrible, right? I got to that place in my life. This is terrible. What's the point of this? There's plenty of people out there, and I'm praying that <clears throat> they're waking up to a truth that this isn't it. There's something more. Holy Spirit, continue to stir them. Stir them. What's, what's the more? We have the more. We have it. You have it. I have it. We have the more. We have the freedom that they're searching for. We have the forgiveness that they're searching for. We have the love and the mercy and grace that's provided to each and every person. We have it. We have the spirit of the living God residing inside of us full of power. Full of power, full of knowledge, full of wisdom, capable. Change your mentality. You are capable. Change your mentality. You are capable because of what's inside of you. It's not because of what I can do. In myself, no, I am not capable. But because of what's inside of me, I am capable and I can be used. But if all I do is sit there and tell myself I can't do this, well, I'm not worthy. Well, no, in yourself you're not worthy. But what did Jesus do for you? He died for you. 
When he, we died with, when he died, we died with him. And when he rose, we rose with him. The only reason we're worthy is because of him. So thank him that we're worthy. And walk it out. Stop, we got to stop. And maybe this portion isn't for you individually, but it could be for somebody you know. Right? That's the whole point of this is if it doesn't affect you now, it's going to affect somebody you know. And it can be something that we can bring revelation to in somebody's life to help. But because of Jesus, we can. We can. We can affect this area. I don't know how wide it goes, but we can. Amen. We will. Matt's getting it. Matt's getting it. I like that. Matt's getting it. But we got to stop telling ourselves, I'm just Jesse. I'm just me. You are a child of the living God. What more do you possibly need? You don't always have to say a lot. Each and every one of us in here is a child of the living God. Just meditate on it. Stop meditating on who you aren't, what you didn't accomplish, where you fell, all these things. Stop meditating on that because what we meditate on is just who we are. What we give time to, time is valuable. Time in our head, time in just everyday life is extremely valuable. What are we meditating on? What are we giving our time to? Because it says, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free, so stand firm. Stand firm. I like meanings. You know, words are important. Words mean something. It's important to know what words mean. Because it's amazing sometimes when I go to the, you know, Strong's Concordance. It, it totally means something different than I thought it did. And understanding meanings. So, <clears throat> stand fast. It means to stand firm, right? We're rooted and grounded. We're here. We're standing and it's perseverance, persevere. So he says, stand firm, persevere, deflect, fight what's coming at you. Because there's not a, a day where there's not some sort of attack. Whether it's simply just an attack in your mind of doubt, of unbelief, of trying to bring up who I used to be. I tell you what, man, you move into this, and this is just me. I, I'm moving into this new role, and you can't do this. I can. Amen. But that's, right? That's what the enemy wants to do to me. You can't do this. You are so underqualified for what you're walking into right now. But it's not me. See, and thank God for revelation of who I am, because no, 
in myself, I am absolutely unqualified. But because I have the spirit of the living God residing inside of me, what more do I need? What more do I need? What more do you need? See yourself as a disciple able to disciple. I don't know how many times I've heard, well, I just don't know what to say. Or it's just doubt. It's, well, I don't really have anything to share. Well, no, you have the gospel to share. You have your testimony to share. What did God do in your life? How has God changed you from this person to this person? You absolutely have something to share. We serve Jesus Christ who came for us, dealt with sin and death, rose again, and gave us everything we need. How do we not share? What's not to share? We need to get out of our own way. We need to get out of our own ideas and get in line with that freedom in Christ. Because when I spend too much time in my head, I just put myself in bondage. Every day it's a renewing. Sometimes it's moment to moment. I'm not going to lie. I'm still human. I still deal with things. I still deal with things of the past. I have come a long ways, but I still have a ways to go. The devil doesn't want me to succeed. He didn't want me to succeed as a small child. That's why he attacked me when I was like five years old. Right? That's why he put something in my heart that wasn't godly, that wasn't truth, but it was planted in my heart. I didn't deal with it. I didn't understand it. The devil doesn't care if you understand it. He didn't care that I didn't understand what I was seeing and what it was doing to me. He just knew what the effect. He knew what it was going to do to my life. We have something to fight. We have something that far outweighs the powerful, the power of the enemy that the enemy can't stand against. But am I focusing on what I have or what I'm not? It's easy. It really is. But as we grow in him, as we grow and walk in the spirit, and we'll get here eventually, this chapter, I mean, this chapter is extremely powerful. We're not going to touch it all today because I'll barely get past verse one. But there's so much truth here. He's saying, stand firm. Stand in who you are. Stand in the freedom that was given you. Stand. Persevere. Fight. Fight. And do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It's our choice. I've been set free. I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
I have the spirit of the living God inside of me, but I can still choose bondage. And that's what's, what's happening here in Galatia. Paul had preached to them. He presented the gospel. They converted. They turned. He taught them up, raised them up, filled them up. And they started going back to laws and traditions. Because that's what the Jews did. Like circumcision was a huge deal. Well, you can be saved, but you should still do this. That's not freedom. Freedom is freedom. Whether we're free in the spirit or we're free in the flesh, freedom is freedom. Now, the outcomes are very different. But because of what Jesus does, as soon as we step back into law, having to earn something, thinking I need to act a certain way, thinking I need to be somebody, a certain somebody, I've immediately shut off the benefits of my new covenant, of my relationship, because I'm not trusting in God anymore. I'm not trusting in what Jesus did. I'm not trusting in who the, in the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm trusting in something that no longer applies You know, the Ten Commandments, it wasn't for the Gentiles. The Ten Commandments were for the Jews. The Old Testament was for the Jews. Yet we'll put ourselves under something that was never meant for us. We'll clog up our lives with it. Yes, are those good things to do, right? The Ten Commandments are good, but in ourselves, we cannot live up to the Ten Commandments. We may not outrightly defy them, but I guarantee in our head we're defying something. We can have one foot in the old and one in the new and expect things to be different because you're submitting yourself to something, right? We're walking with somebody whether it be lies or whether it be truth. Are there truths in the Old Testament? Yes, but they're revealed in Jesus. It was a huge revelation for me. The Old Testament just points to Jesus. That's what it does. I don't understand it all. I'm not saying I understand it all, but it certainly helps me. It helps me when I read the Old Testament now. When you read the Old Testament, look for Jesus, because it's there. It's all Jesus. And so to think we're going to step back into things that don't apply to us, aren't effective in my life, because I can tell you what, when I'm walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to do those things. I don't have to worry about committing adultery when I'm walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't need a command to do it. It's not in my heart. It's not in me, right? It's not in me because I'm walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit's revealing what relationship is, right? And you can take any one of those circumstances. Circumcision. Circumcision was paid for on the cross. It's a, it was a new circumcision. It was spiritual it was, 
it's not physical anymore. It was a spiritual thing. And Paul goes on to say, read the rest of these verses. <laughs> he gets pretty graphic on what he wishes they would do to themselves who are teaching that you need to be circumcised to be a Christian. He's not happy about it. He's not happy about it because it's pulling people out of the gospel and back into law, and law leads to death. It's not who we are. We are new covenant Christians. We have the Holy Spirit. We have all these things. I thought it was interesting. Submit means to entangle, right? To entangle, to ensnare, to keep a grudge. So when we're submitting to that old self, we're entangling ourselves, we're ensnaring ourselves in things that will never lead us to life. Because that's not the covenant we have. We serve a God who paid for all of those things. We serve a God who pulled us out of that stuff and can help us walk anew, in a new direction, and a new path. Keep a grudge. I had to look that up. Because I think we all know some form of that. You know, the one, I, the one I identify with the most, grudge, feeling of deep-seated resentment, right? I think we can all, we've either understood that or, you know, maybe walked it out. I've certainly walked it out in my life. But another definition is to be unwilling to give or admit. Unwilling to give or admit, to give or allow reluctantly or resentfully. When we stop standing fast and when we stop that fight to persevere, we just fall back into this thing where we're allowing resentment, right? We're unwilling to give God ourselves. Right? We experience something in salvation, but then we fall back and we're unwilling to give. We're reluctant, we're resentful. All these things that have died and don't need to be a part of who we are because of what Jesus did. But we can get ideas in our head that, you know, don't align with the word. And it can take us down some really ugly paths. That's why it's so important to know the word. Because the enemy is deceitful. The enemy can use the word, but just twist it enough. Just twist it enough to where, oh yeah, I... I can see that. When it's totally out of context, we see a lot of 
scripture today being pulled out of context to align lifestyles, to justify. It's all to justify. And that's not who we are. We have something so different. We have something so different and we have something so transformative. I don't think there's anyone who can sit here and say that their walk with God hasn't transformed their life. That's the goodness of God. That's what we can share. That's what we have to give is what God has done in my life. I can preach somebody else. I can tell somebody else's stories. But it will never be more impactful than my own story. Because I've lived it. I didn't live Andrew Womack's life. I didn't live Barry Bennett's life. These guys I look to who have been spiritual mentors in my life, I can look to them and pull wisdom and pull knowledge from the life they've lived, but my life is mine. I can only identify with them so far. I can only go so far with them, but with the Holy Spirit, it's limitless. It's endless. It's him taking what's happened in my life, him taking what the Lord is doing in my life and pushing it out, making it effective. And depending on where I am and what I'm doing, that's how God uses us. That's how God uses each and every one of you through what he's done in our lives. What he's done in your life is very effective. What he's done in your life is effective ministry. Guess what? You're a minister. Congratulations. Because we can share the goodness of God. We can share what he's doing in our lives. We can change other people's lives. My heart, and, a, and it was the reason that ministry made sense to me, and because God just showed me I can do for others what I did for you. And to me, that excites me. Because I know where I was, and I know how I'm struggling, and I know that if it wasn't for him, I would not be here right now. I would not. I don't even know if I would be here. I don't know. Because it's only his revelation. It's only his love and his life. We submit to the things we know or have relationship with. I submitted to death because that's what I had relationship with. Depression, all that other stuff. That's what I submitted myself to. And that's the road I walked. For myself, I can only speak for myself, but I would, I would put myself back in bondage. I would disregard this new covenant. I would disregard Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and I would put myself back in this old covenant and just be stuck, be a slave, not experience anything good in my life, but that's not who we are. We have something so much more to share. We 
What does our stand fast and perseverance look like? And I'm, I'm absolutely speaking to myself. What does my stand fast, my perseverance, are we intimidating or are we being intimidated? I want the enemy to look at me and go, uh, I want him to pause. I want him to look at me and go, do we really? That's who you want us to attack? Right? Like, that's my desire. I want the enemy to look at this church and go, ah, jeez. We never succeed there. Why are we doing this again? Right? I want us to, when we leave this building and interact with people, people who are struggling with demons, with possession and all this stuff, they see, people, they see us coming and they just go, ah, oh, shoot, it's over. It's over. It's over. Because we have that kind of power and authority. We just got to know who we are. We need to know in our hearts, yes, that applies to me. When we recognize attacks, do we turn and face it? Or do we turn and run? Because I see, you know, I, I'm a military guy, so I see a lot of things. But I look, I, when I see that, I see somebody with a shield and a sword. They hear contact right. They turn to the right. Bang. They're ready. And that enemy goes, ah. eh. I don't know that I want that. Because when we turn and we face the enemy, we face them with confidence of who our God is. Confidence in what the word says. Assurance that his word is truth and his word is life. Assurance that when I speak his word, it has power and authority. When we turn to face the enemy, man, fight. Don't balk. Don't step back. Fight because we have it. We have it. Each and every one of us has it. I love, I think of David and Goliath. David ran towards him. Like that's the confidence he had in his God. This man was massive. They say probably nine feet tall. David was a little boy. Where's Henry? About Henry's age. And this little guy knew who God was, knew the power, knew the authority, grabbed a sling, grabbed a stone, and just went because he got it he understood it it's there for us and I would submit it's even more because the men of old the people of old longed for the covenant 
that we have now. They longed for it. This is what we have. So real quick, we'll end with this. Hop down. So please read the context. I explained some of the context, but please read the context between these verses this week. Go through this chapter because we're going to stay in this chapter, so it'll probably help you. But go down to verse 13. So he's fighting against this ideology that you need to do this. If you don't do this, you just can't be a Christian, right? If you're not circumcised, I don't think you should walk, you're not walking in the Christian faith. So he's fighting and fighting and fighting in this. And this isn't the only book or the letter that he does. It happens quite often in his letters. Somebody's always trying to pervert the gospel. And it hasn't stopped. It's still happening. But he says, For you are called the freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom for an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. This freedom is Christ, I believe, is spiritual. Because when we walk, start walking in the spiritual, when we start walking in the things of God, when we start walking with the Spirit, it transforms our flesh. It transforms my mind. It's not me changing my mind and then the Spirit confirming it. It's the Spirit. It's the Word. It's that relationship that changes my mind. And then when I change my mind, my flesh follows. Right? So it's this relationship with the Spirit, and we're going to get more into that next week. But it was for freedom. But then he gives you a really good key here. But through love, serve one another. I can't affect people out there if I don't see them through Christ's eyes. If I don't see and I don't have his love residing in me. It's because of love. Truly, it's because of love for people that we can affect people's lives. And so that's what I want us to just be praying about. Right? Like I said earlier, Lord, show me what, what this is. Show me what you have. Show me what's ahead. And sometimes it's got to be, Lord, change my heart to people. I had to do that. Lord, change my heart to see people the way you see people. Because when we see people the way Jesus sees people, it makes it a lot easier to be effective. It's really hard to be effective in people's lives if you don't love those people. Because we're not talking about psychology. We're not talking about self-help. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if I'm not loving you, and if I'm, yes, we have moments. I may not always like you, but I, I love you. Right? You may not always like me, but there's a love there. Right? Because we want the best for each other. We may disagree on things, but it doesn't mean we have to stop loving each other. Right? And it's that love that changes things. Amen? Amen?